Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Happy Monday, faithful listener. I am so happy that you're here on the podcast with me to discuss scripture. We're going to be discussing Deuteronomy chapter 8 today, verses 1 through 10. So as always, I encourage you guys to grab your Bible, whatever version you prefer, and also a cup of coffee or a cup of tea to sit back and relax with me as we read scripture together. I'm going to be reading out of the W.E.B. as always, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 10 of Deuteronomy 8. So grab your Bible and let's go ahead and read this together. You shall observe to do all the commandments which I command you today, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which Yahweh swore to your fathers. You shall remember all the way which Yahweh your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you, allowed you to be hungry, and fed you with manna, which you didn't know. Neither did your fathers know that he might teach you that man does not live by bread only, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of Yahweh's mouth. Your clothing didn't grow old on you, neither did your foot swell these 40 years. You shall consider in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so Yahweh your God disciplines you. You shall keep the commandments of Yahweh your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For Yahweh your God brings you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of springs, and underground water flowing into the valleys and hills, a land of wheat, barley, vines, and fig trees, and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you shall eat bread without scarcity. You shall not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you may dig copper. You shall eat and be full, and you shall bless Yahweh your God for the good land which he has given you. I really think that today's passage is just so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. And it really reminds me a lot of the future for us Christians also. Like, think about this land that these people are going into just how Moses described it in the last couple verses, like a land flowing with all this beautiful, crisp, clean water and a land of wheat, barley and grapevines and pomegranates and figs and all these delicious foods, a land of olive trees and honey. And not only that, it's mineral rich, too, is what it says. It says the stones are iron and you're going to dig copper out of the hills. So, I mean, this is a rich and beautiful land that God is bringing his people into. And yeah, this definitely ties into the promise that you and I as Christians have received. And I actually found the passage from Isaiah, which is Isaiah 65, where it talks about how God is going to bless his people. And that does include you and me, because uh, earlier in Isaiah, it does say that the foreigners that come to God are included. So it says in Isaiah 65, verses 17, all the way down to the end of the chapter, it says, Look, 
I am creating new heavens and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Be glad, rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people, and the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. No longer will babies die when they are only a few days old. No longer will adults die before they have lived a full life. No longer will people be considered old at 100. Only the cursed will die that young. In those days, people will live in the houses they build and eat the fruit of their own vineyards. Unlike the past, invaders will not take their houses and confiscate their vineyards. For my people will live as long as trees and my chosen ones will have time to enjoy their hard-won gains. They will not work in vain. Their children will not be doomed to misfortune, for they are people blessed by the Lord and their children too will be blessed. I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat hay like a cow, but the snakes will eat dust. In those days, no one will be hurt or destroyed in my holy mountain. I, the Lord, have spoken. So yeah, long passage, but so beautiful. That is the age to come. That is when God does away with the um, old earth. In other words, the one we're currently living on. <laughs> and he makes a brand new creation. And so that's the time I think when we're going to be actually able to see how God created the, the world, because we're going to be around for that. Isn't that fun? We're actually going to be able to watch how God creates everything. The, the thing that we've always wanted to know, we're going to be able to see when God makes the new heaven and the new earth. So yeah, we definitely have something to look forward to for sure. <laughs> and it's so interesting how even this, this passage here in Deuteronomy 8 ties in to a promise that you and I have received. I just love that. The whole Bible just ties right into each other. So, okay, Deuteronomy 8, going back to verse 1 here. Obviously, God is calling his people to complete obedience. He says, observe and do all the commandments which I command you today that you may live. Now, this brings me back to a very uh, reoccurring theme <laughs> that I've been talking a lot about in the podcast, and that is that God created us to be a very specific way. And you know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. God created us to be worshipers of him. At the very beginning in the book of Genesis, when we see that God created people, he was walking and talking with them and being friends with them in the Garden of Eden. So we were created to be God's friends. So, of course, with the sin nature, we automatically with that turned our backs to God and no longer did what we were designed to do. We were designed to worship God. And with our sin nature, we began to worship self and sin and other things that are anti-God. And every human being, of course, is guilty of this in some capacity or another because of the sin nature, obviously. So God's laws refocus us and bring us back to what really matters to what we were created to do, which is to worship God, to love God, to be friends with God. So, I mean, that's what it says here in verse one. Do the commandments which I command you today that you may live. So there we go. It's uh, bringing us back to what we were created to do. And that's truly living. So then after this, he says that you may live and multiply and go in to possess the land which Yahweh swore to your fathers. And then in verse two, you shall remember all the way which Yahweh your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. So in other words, don't forget Yahweh. 
We can't forget what Yahweh has done for us during those times of need. The wilderness is a time of need. The wilderness was not fun. The Israelites had to go through the wilderness. It says right here, because God needed to humble the Israelites. God often doesn't work the way we want him to. (laughs) We kind of just want God to do whatever we want, right? And just give us whatever we think we need. But God is so above us. He's so much bigger that sometimes he, he does things that we don't really like, like humbling us. I can definitely say that I have gone through a similar circumstance where God had to take time to humble me and he took a lot of things from me. He took a lot from me during that time period. And it was a hard, hard thing. I can definitely say I went through my own personal wilderness for sure. And uh, it took me a long, long time to come to that place of humbleness. I really believed that I was owed things at that time. I was uh, very entitled back in those days. And I expected things. And plus, on top of that, because I was a Christian, even though I didn't really, you know, care a lot about Christianity, but I identified as Christian, I would go to church and I would check off that little box and be like, God, I did this for you this week. Now do this for me. And, you know, I would pray when I needed him. I'd be like, God, I I need this thing or need that thing or whatever. And I wouldn't really spend a lot of time like getting to know God as my God. I just sort of expected I I was a prosperity gospel believer. I'll be honest. And uh, I believe that I was owed things because I was a Christ follower. So finally, God showed me how wrong that was. And I uh, (laughs) I lost my job. And during that time, I was like, okay, perfect. You know, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to, you know, learn all these these things, this new stuff. And um, it was terrible. (laughs) I got myself into the worst circumstances I could possibly ever get myself into. I had no money. I had to pay for my school and I couldn't quit school because I had already paid for it. So I was in this very circular thing where I couldn't get myself out of this prison that I made for myself. And the job I had was terrible. I hated it. And it took me over a year at that job, me trying to find new jobs, me trying to get out of schooling as much as I possibly could. It took me a very long time to come to a place of humbleness and allow God to work in my life. And finally, when I got to that place of humbleness, God really did start working in my life. And I was just thinking about that this morning, actually, where I'm just like, my life is so different now. It's so different. And I'm just so thankful that I went through that. And honestly, maybe two years ago, I would have been like, no, I don't ever want to go through that again. Now I would go through it again to to experience the amount of growth that I experienced during that time period. Sometimes God putting us in humbling circumstances is truly just the best thing that could literally ever happen to us. And that's what God did for his people. And it says right here, he did it because he loves his people. And it's hard, right? We don't want to go through those times of wilderness. We don't want to go through those times of just awful struggling where we're wondering, you know, how we're going to get through the day and we're dreading our jobs or we're wondering, you know, how are we going to pay this month's uh, bills? We don't like that. We want God to do stuff for us. 
But sometimes God is doing stuff for us in a very different way that we don't recognize. Instead of giving us physical possessions or money or whatever else, he's giving us humbleness and the ability to grow. And when we finally give in to to that, I truly do think that's when God really starts to work with you. When you just give in and just be like, you know what, God, I surrender. I surrender all. And that was kind of what happened to me. I don't mean to um, talk about myself this entire podcast, but my testimony to me is so pertinent to what we're talking about today. But when I came to that place of just I surrender all, I started listening to songs like that. One of my favorite songs during that time period was Open Hands by Laura Story. I don't know if you guys know that song. I recommend looking up that song, especially if you're going through a time of just total struggle. That is a beautiful song. Once again, Open Hands by Laura Story. But going back to this, I mean, the children of Israel, I'm going to guess hated the wilderness. <laughs> I mean, when you're traveling around in, for 40 years in a wilderness, wondering where your next sip of water is going to come from, you start to probably hate that, that place. <laughs> but it says right here, God allowed you to be hungry. In verse three, he humbled you, allowing you to be hungry and fed you with manna, which you didn't know. Neither did your fathers know. In fact, nobody knew what manna was. The name manna literally means, what is it? (laughs) So, I mean, no one knew what manna was. And to this day, we have no clue what manna is. And the name of manna literally describes that. So, I mean, Moses says, you didn't know what manna was. Your fathers didn't know what manna was. No one knew what manna is. But God used all of that to teach you that man does not live by bread only. But man lives by every word that proceeds out of Yahweh's mouth. There we go. That is how we were created to be. We are created to live by every word that proceeds out of Yahweh's mouth. So we can eat and we can, you know, be satisfied for that moment. If things are all we're looking for in life, we're never going to be satisfied. No matter how much bread we eat, no matter how much uh, delicious meals we have, no matter how much success we find in our careers, if that's all we're looking for in life and we're leaving God out of it, we are never going to be satisfied ever because we live. We were created to live by every word that proceeds out of Yahweh's mouth. And if we're not living by every word that proceeds out of Yahweh's mouth, we're basically like zombies. (laughs) We're like uh, the living dead, you know? So, I mean, so many people are going through this world in a way like a zombie And I know that's a really cheesy analogy. I'm sorry. But they're spiritually dark. They're dark on the inside. And they're looking for satisfaction in ways that they can never, ever achieve it. And really, if you think about it that way, it's just so sad. People are so lost. And they make themselves enemies of God. They are doing everything they can to not live. And what's worse is that They're not living here on earth. 
the proper way that they should be. They are spiritually dark. They are sad. They are depressed. I mean, look at how much depression has risen in the past like 10 years. It's, it's insane how depressed the millennial generation is. And it's very sad, but the millennials are some of the most anti-God people I have ever met. In fact, out of in my church of 150 people, I can't really think of a lot of other millennials that attend. And all of them that do attend go to my college and career class. So there's only like maybe at tops like 15 millennials, maybe a little bit more, maybe like 20 millennials that regularly come to church on Sundays out of a church of a uh, about 150 people. That's really bad numbers. That's really bad numbers. So millennials in general have been making themselves out to be smarter than how we were created to be, which makes me very sad for the generation that I live in. Makes me very sad. And that's actually one of the reasons I started uh, the college and career group is because I just I feel so sad for my generation. The problem is, is that in general, it's not just millennials, but in general, the people of the world have made themselves the enemy of God. And that is why things are just so bad now. They're just so bad. And the more we go down this path, the worse it's going to get. You know, it's going to continue to get worse and worse as people continue to fall away from the way they were created to be. And what's worse is that if it's this bad on earth, just imagine like these people aren't going to catch a break because when they die... They're not going to be with God. So for their entire lives, they're going to be in total darkness here on earth and even worse when they die. So this is why we need to evangelize. This is why we need to spread the word. And one of the ways we can do that is by showing our own lives, by spreading the light that is inside of us. I mean, if you think about it, that's what Jesus told us to do. He said, shine your light for all to see. So this means that as Christians, we need to be living differently. We need to be living joyfully. We need to be living like what Moses said here, not on bread alone, not on material possessions, but on every word that proceeds out of Yahweh's mouth. So we need to be living differently than the world. And when the world, the dark world, sees how we're living, they're going to wonder, hmm, what are they doing differently? Why are they so happy over there? So yeah, shine your light for all to see. That is what Jesus commands us to do. Well, faithful listeners, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, shine your light and share it on your social media platforms or tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. Spread the word in that way. One of the most excellent ways and really weird ways that you can help evangelize actually is by going over to this podcast, whatever platform you listen on, and by liking it, by subscribing to it, by rating it five stars, and also writing a review. Because the more reviews that the podcast gets, actually the more it gets spread. So that is a great way for you to evangelize for sure. Friends and faithful listeners, I am going to ask that you have a wonderful rest of your Monday, a wonderful rest of your week, and also tune in tomorrow for an episode out of Luke. We're going to be in the last chapter of Luke starting tomorrow. Then we're going to be moving into the book of John. But until then, happy listening and God bless.